Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to Guys at a Mike Show, Tuesday version of the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, it is Residue Tuesday. We'll pick up some of the stuff uh, that we did not get to from the weekend that was one-hour sports talk show. It's almost impossible to recap the entire weekend, so that's why we installed and enthralled and enthused with the Residue Tuesday. It's a tradition here on the Two Guys at a Mike Show. Big Dog and a Coach at your service. Talk a little baseball. we got some football. We'll jump off the sports page as well. And who knows what other sidetracks we might get into. Of course, uh, one of the guilty pleasures of the two guys in a mic show is the somewhat guiltless music. Play it on the other side of the glass by producer David Olson. Enjoy, and then we'll get the show started. Yes, indeed. Big dog, Joe Radwanski checking in via his telecommunicative phone lines in Aurora, Illinois. Dog, before we get into the uh, hard-hitting sports talk here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show, I did go to the YouTube video as per your request, and I thoroughly enjoyed the Asian carp jumping out of the Illinois River. So thank you for that recommendation. Okay, now, did, did you see any of the videos where those massive fish slam people in the face? I don't think I saw any facials, no. Oh, okay. If you you don't have to go back, but at least you can get the idea. <laughs> People, if you weren't listening yesterday, uh, there is an epidemic involved with uh, Illinois River that involves the Asian carp. This fish has come in through the Mississippi River and has dominated this particular river where it's the only fish left. And they're trying to figure out a way to stop it from getting into the displays to the Chicago to Lake Michigan. If it gets to Lake Michigan, a whole ecosystem could be destroyed. I mean, it's a pretty important. You know, it's pretty, it's, you know, it's pretty important that we stop this, but, you know, if you want to get some, a laugh out of it, if you YouTube Asian carp hunting Illinois River yep. and watch these drunkards fly down with their pontoon boats and when these fish hear motors, they jump out of the water. Oh, my goodness, Coach. That's living uh, right there. <laughs> living large, my friend. If you really got a lot of spare time in your hand and your enjoyment level, uh, you don't set the bar too high, that's pretty good stuff. I was a little worried that the... Boats were going to, I was waiting for like a, a grinded up sound where the fish would get caught in the motor and we'd have a little minced carp. I didn't hear that, but I was worried well, I no, might. No, you, you should try to hear that, Coach. You know, don't be worried. That's what they want. They need yeah. as many of these fish to be destroyed as possible. Okay, it's a play. Remember the Asian longhorn beetle and the worry with the trees? Yep. It's, it's, it's ten times worse to consider fish. Seriously. I mean, it's really that bad. You can stop. You can obviously stop a beetle from reaching more trees. I mean, mm-hmm. it's possible. Okay, mm-hmm. but what are you going to do when it gets in the water and just starts dominating everything yeah. it, it goes around? Those fish, by the way, very solid elevation. I don't know if you test, uh, you know, the vertical jump of a particular fish, but I would put Asian carp right near the Dominique Wilkins, uh, Michael Jordan vertical jump high level. They're, they're, those guys can go. You know, it, it, it's funny because there's the Shanghai Sharks, okay, and they play against the Beijing carp. Uh-huh. Over in the in the Chinese league, when the shark and the carp meet, you can throw out the record. 
Without question. And you would you would think the shark had the advantage, but obviously the athleticism goes to the carp, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, at least the actual Asian carp in the Illinois River at any rate. But thank you for that YouTube recommendation. You always say, or you often say that I never listen to you, don't take your recommendation. I just want to let you know that I've, not every time, but very often I do follow up on your recommendations. You, you know, the beautiful thing is if you actually recommended me stuff, I could just go to my phone right now and just start banging them out, which is beautiful, Coach. Mm-hmm got the youtube app it's just it's just phenomenal it's it's set up for everything basically if you just open my phone right now you will be seeing an eight-year-old kid be hit by another eight-year-old child on a football field and where it's like the biggest hit ever that's what i love to do is actually search big hits and youth football mm-hmm. i know i'm sick when i'm doing this coach, that is but. that's a little bit strange to have that as a favorite <laughs> website but uh, i'm making a note of it i might go to it we'll talk about it tomorrow <laughs> Speaking of which, remember we had a guy on from MyMVPs.com. He was starting a new website that would feature youth sports. Uh-huh. I haven't heard any from that guy. I mean, it was supposed you know, to be the next big just, thing. He just, well, that was supposed to be my thing, but what ended up happening is a lot of other stuff happened, and I just basically couldn't work for him. I, I, you know what? Well, I, uh, I didn't have transportation at the time. I'm not so, concerned uh, about you. My question is what happened to him? Well, he just contacted me yesterday, Coach. So the site is still going? I, I don't know. I'm going to have to read the the message because I haven't read mm-hmm. it yet. But he contacted me, and I'm like, well, you know, things are doing a lot better for me, so hopefully he has some work for me because that could mm-hmm. be – everything could be really good with that. So keeping my fingers crossed. Everything that guy touches turns to gold. I just wasn't in the position to actually work for him at the time. And uh, there was him and Chet Topic. His name is Mark Monaco. Him and Chet Topic got into it. I guess Chet didn't, you know, take whatever made him calm that day, so, so that was an ugly situation. Uh, Chester, MyMVPs.com, sure to be a blockbuster in the radio internet business. Now, if I remember correctly, it was like they were going to feature youth sports, and it was like a website that people could go to if they wanted to show, you know, their little Johnny catching a touchdown pass, and somebody in Nevada wanted to see that from somebody yeah, they, in New Hampshire. Yeah, they, they didn't want. They didn't want to specialize in just youth sports. They just wanted to have a sport specialized social media. Mm-hmm. So even you, hey, you know what? I I went and played in a euchre tournament. You know, here's here's my profile, and you can connect with everybody, and you can just show their highlights. And obviously, it would be a lot more youth on there, but it would be a way for grandma to watch little Johnny's mm-hmm. highlights while she's retiring in Arizona. Like that. I mean, that was like basically one of the things. But it was supposed to be all encompassing, including like recruiting like hey iowa check out my son here's his here's his uh, <laughs> oh, brother yeah university of wisconsin check out my son he's only 11 years old but keep an eye on him look at that bull no, rush from no, the outside you're, 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 no, no this is a, like an 18 year old kid who's in high school and is a senior year he could put all his yes all his highlights it wasn't well that that yeah. can be done now i hate to tell you we don't need my well, mvp well, it was to supposed it. to be everything though all uh-huh. encompassing all encompassing that's outstanding would it include Possibly, I know somebody was filming me doing my flag football clinic for second through fourth graders last week. Would something if like that want, possibly be on there? If you wanted to download that onto your profile yep. and have that as, as what people saw you out there in the universe, coach, yes, mm-hmm. you could. Yes, okay, because you, you should have seen me, dog. I was, you know, fifty-five years old. Fifty-five years old, and I was full. I was in full demonstration mode. I mean, you needed some third or fourth graders to learn how to run a down and out, down and in the stop pattern, the comeback pattern. Who was the coach out there demonstrating now? Getting in the three-point stance. What's that? Were you catching the ball with your hand? Oh, that we we made a point of that. Okay, Absolutely. Good. 
Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Fingertips out, the sharp cuts, the little stutter steps before you make the cut. Don't Did stop. Did you keep the whirly bird? The who? The whirly bird? I, I would have, but I don't know what the whirly bird is. Oh, coach, yeah, I, I would love to run. Uh, I would love to run a couple patterns with you. <laughs> I know you've never broken a boat in your life, but you would finally have your first broken ankle. <laughs> okay. Well, go ahead. I, I hate to ruin your story. Go ahead. No, there, there's there's no story. I was just mentioning that as a possibility on the uh, YouTube video as well. Oh, so yeah. you ruined your own story. I'm sorry. Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah. I like the kids, by the way, in flag football, the little third and fourth graders who go for the bomb like they, you know, they see on TV. Uh-huh. You know, they're running 30, 40 yards downfield. I'm open, I'm open. You know what they forget is the quarterback can only throw it 10 yards. <laughs> so, you, you know, when you run the fly pattern, I tried to explain to them that you need to start looking a little bit earlier than like 40 yards downfield. It sounds good to get way down the field for the bomb, but you got to remember only how far your quarterback can throw. And you know what the, you know what the funny thing is? That same kid that's running 40 yards downfield when, yep. he's, when he's an eight, you know, eight years old and the kid can only throw it a couple feet. Well, when he's at home, doesn't even want to get up two feet to get off the couch in order to pick up his clothes in his room. You know what I'm saying? But the kid's willing to outrun his quarterback by. Yeah. Oh, big dog in the game of life. Often you've outrun your coverage. I know that that to be a fact. Well, I've outrun my coverage. Hopefully now I have an outkick mine. Well, that's another story. It's totally in Hopefully now you have a who? Well, I know I've outrun my coverage. Yes. But hopefully now in this latest game of life, I have an outkick my coverage. Ah, I got you. So you're yeah. playing with you're playing within yourself a little bit more as you get older. No, I notice I said uh, with I said within I put the in in there because oh that's good I yes, appreciate that yes I didn't intend that but uh, thank goodness I put that in at any rate dog great to have you on board Tuesday show residues Tuesday picking up some of the garbage that we missed from uh, over the weekend got lots to talk about here World Series starts tomorrow which is uh, we talked about how the World Series is not exactly scintillating um, hot topic like it used to be, used to be must-see TV, but now it's, um, well, something significantly less. But it is the Cardinals against the Texas Rangers. And one thing we missed, by the way, on Residue Tuesday, we got we got to bring out the performance of Nelson Cruz with the Texas Rangers. Oh, he please, put out a yeah. hitting display. In your lifetime, Big Dog, one of the better single-game series hitting performances? No, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any question. It's a historic Series. I mean, it's one of those series, coach, where like 25 years from now, I'm like, I remember Nelson Cruz in 11. I mean, six home runs in six games, 13 RBIs in six games, and he had two extra inning home runs in win. I mean, how much better can you really? And one of them was the first walk off Grand Slam asterisk in the history of Major League Baseball, obviously, because mm-hmm. Robert Mature had the one that didn't count. So. Not single-handedly, but uh, because the Texas Rangers hit the heck out of the ball. But, boy, he, he carried that ball club against the Detroit Tigers and uh, Texas coming in. Who's the, I would imagine Texas probably the betting favorite. I haven't seen the Las Vegas odds. I, I will definitely – I will know that before game one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'll figure out what the game one's odds are. But I would definitely say that Texas would be the favorite in the series. Don't forget – it's in St. Louis. The National League finally won yep. an All-Star game. Courtesy of, wasn't it a Milwaukee Brewer who was the MVP or hit the game-winning homer? I remember. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, uh, Prince Fielder. Yeah. <laughs> so the Cardinals knock off the Brewers, and I'm sure Prince Fielder is thrilled that he got the game-winning hit to uh, allow the St. Louis Cardinals to have home field advantage. Yeah, well, uh, I'm sure that that's not really eating at his claw right now. Mm-hmm. I, I doubt he wants to take back an All-Star home run. That won't be an issue. Uh, but, you know, I'll make it a point, Coach to try to watch a game before uh, it goes to a possible clinching game. 
Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Gonna... Uh, I, I won't wait that far. I'll, I'll start tuning. Well, like you said, I'll, I might watch the eighth and ninth innings. Okay. Well, I'm going to try. I think I might be able to watch like a game from the first inning. Mm-hmm. I'll see if I'll, see, I'm pretty busy this week. I'll see if I can. I'll try mm-hmm. to do some part, but okay. I'm definitely not watching any of game two. Okay. I won't see, a, I won't see a pitch of it. You know, we, we talked down upon it, you know, a little bit and a lot of people, you know, it's, clearly it's not as sexy as it used to be. People aren't talking about it. I don't talk down, I talk, I don't talk down about the World Series. I, 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 I know what my dad would be doing game one. He'd be making sure I was sitting right next to him when we were watching the game. So, mm-hmm. like, I understand. So. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, even watching the playoff games, and we talked about it, you forget sometimes you get lost in, the, you know, the, the football going on now. You know, uh, typically NBA teams would just be starting on. you got NHL hockey, the fall fever starts to catch. But you do forget when you watch playoff baseball, or in this case, World Series baseball, and the intensity goes up even a couple of notches. You forget that it is pretty good stuff. I mean, it's pretty yes, intense. It there's 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 a a different level that the game of baseball takes come playoff time. Yeah, that's why I know there's like this big, I guess the biggest controversy over baseball. And let's face it, I they might be right about this. Is you brought it up last week? You talked about how kids nowadays don't even know who's in the World Series. Nope. And and I remember when I was uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, a big deal was being made about them saying. Hey, you know what? These games, we keep starting them later and later, and less kids are going to watch them. And kids fall in love with baseball in October. Nobody dreams, oh, yeah, I had a walk-off home run on July 27th to beat the Reds. No, you're like, I, I, when the kids grow up in the, in the backyard, they, I beat the Yankees with a walk-off home run in Game 7 of the World Series, you know, and you fall in love with baseball that way because you watch World Series games. Well, if the games end at legitimately midnight central time, 1 a.m. Eastern time, how many of those kids don't get those magical moments that they see and dream of, mm-hmm. oh, I want to be, I want to be Ray Knight. I want to be the guy who hits the walk-off home run or whatever. That's yeah. a lot different, Coach. It's a good point. It's a good point. They used to have, uh, the games would start like around 3 o'clock. They and were I remember the game. When, when, when was the first World Series? I got I to think, I, I know when the Dodgers played the A's, it was still an all-day game World Series, and I think that was the last one, Coach, like in 74 or 75. Oh, I think had... No, no, no. I think it goes back earlier. Oh, that was the last one. Okay. Because yeah, I remember I... as a grade school kid, it would have been in the mid-60s. You know, I, I, I remember the Baltimore day. Orioles in particular, you know, getting turning on the radios in school. Sometimes the teachers, if they were really nice, would let you watch the first half an hour, you know, Brooks Robinson, uh-huh. Boog Powell, and the Baltimore Orioles. I have semi-vivid memories of, of those fine days. No, no, not if your teacher was really nice. If your teacher was a baseball fan, Coach, let's admit it. No, if they're really <laughs> nice, you know. If they're yeah. really nice, they understand the plight of the young kid out there, and they'd, uh-huh. they'd give it, even if they didn't know a Boog Powell from a Brooks Robinson. I love Brooks Robinson. Remember that one World Series he had where he was just incredible? Probably the only time a World Series was ever dominated by a defensive player. That was the 1970 World Series against the Cincinnati Reds that the Orioles won. Mm-hmm. And he made those plays where he was legitimately past the third base coaching box, but a lot deeper, yep. and he threw out somebody at first base. And I don't know who it was. That was like, like the most amazing defensive play I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but he did a bunch of, maybe not quite as spectacular, but he did a bunch of them throughout the series. I remember it was the best... Single defensive series I've ever seen a guy play. Love Brooks Robinson. Coach, this is Chicago, and I, I grew up a baseball fan. So when I was like 10 years old, mm-hmm. you know, I'd watch the Cub game. I watched the whole thing. What else was, what was I going to do? And when there would be a downpour of rain, they'd always put in the, the World Series highlights. So that World Series in 1970, 
the Brooks Robinson one, they legitimately show like 10 minutes of just his highlights defensively. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, and by the way, he hit a home run. And then they're over. <laughs> was that playing the Cincinnati Reds? Now, was that the big red machine in like their uh, early, uh, you know, exactly. di- diaper training? That was the, the beginning of the big red machine? That was like Johnny Bench's like official rookie year when he was up all season long and like, Joe Morgan was there. That was like their first time they went to the World okay. Series. And then they didn't get back until for a couple of years. And then they became great. Yep. But they like contended for the division all through the 70s. And they were horrible in 69. And all of a sudden, it was like a huge turnaround. And all of a sudden, in 70, they made the, the World Series. Mm-hmm. So, outstanding. All right. Well, we got Texas taking on the St. Louis Cardinals real quick now for the fans out there. The star for the St. Louis Cardinals. We all know about Albert Pujols, but the guy was really uh, probably their MVP both in the five-game series where they knocked off Philadelphia and the best of seven where they defeated the Milwaukee Brewers kid named David Freeze. Ronnie Santo, if you could, tell the fans and this somewhat uneducated sports talk host a little bit about new St. Louis hitting star David Freeze. Uh, well, uh, he likes to drive the ball. Uh, he, he likes to drive in runs, coach. And, uh, he likes it. He likes the ball in his hitting zone. He likes to be aggressive in, in his hitting zone. Coach. Where did he come from? Uh, he's been in the Cardinals organization for three years. Okay. He's been hurt every single year. And he was actually in a trade from the Padres. He was like a ninth round draft pick. He was a ninth round draft pick. And basically this is his, like his breakout year, then he got hurt, and everyone's like, oh, he was probably a fluke anyways. He comes back in the lineup, and nobody expected him to continue the pace that he had early in the year, and he continued it. And now in the in the NLCS, Albert Pujols was the NLCS MVP. That's a joke, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. David Freeze had an awesome NLCS. Yep. I tip your hat to you. There's no way you were the most important player in that series because they, they, tr- they threw like five pitches to Albert Pujols, and he hit each one of them off the wall or over it. <laughs> and the whole, you know what I'm saying, Coach? And Albert Pujols was the best player of that series. No knock on you, David Freeze. Uh, well, who, wait, wait, I'm confused now. Who won the MVP? David Freeze won the oh, MVP. He did. Well, I but support that. Saying, I, yeah, he hit 545, and he had three home runs and nine RBIs. Yeah, some, and, and big, time, big RBIs. Yes, huge RBIs. Clutch, yeah, clutch one. So, I know I think David Freeze was deserving of that. Oh, I'm not. Uh, how could you not give it to Pujols, who had one less hit eh. and more RBIs? And with the whole off, like the whole uh, Milwaukee pitching staff focused on him the whole series, and yet he still was able to dominate. Yeah, it. It's like in the youth leagues; the guy's got enough medals and trophies already. Let's give it to let's give it to little Johnny David Freeze and let him enjoy it. That's my theory. Okay, that's you can you can do that. I'm sure <laughs> Apple Pools could care less, and I, I honestly believe that. I don't think he yep. cares at all. No, I'm sure so. they're they're very happy to be hosting the St. Louis Cardinals yeah. and the. Uh, yeah, in St. Louis in the World Series, our good listener and my uh, good friend, uh, Uncle Larry, very excited. He is an avid St. Louis Cardinal fan. I've had about 16 texts in the last couple of days from Uncle Larry. Uh, Joe, and I'm sure you're happy for him. Coach, you know you know what? I, I am. And I just want to let you know, there's been a lot of my friends who are Cardinals. I had a lot of Cardinal friends, Coach, a lot of them. And recently, many of them have reached out to me for some reason. And then, like, hey, man, I feel for you. I really hope the Cubs win the World Series just mm-hmm. for you. That's and I'm nice. like, seriously, I-, I can't hate these people. I mean, these are good people. You know what I mean? One of my, my buddy Craig Butler wrote a nice little, like, email to me. being like, I don't know how you, you dealt with this as a, as a fan. <laughs> He's like, I feel for you. It was about a year after they had won another World Series in those days. 
<laughs> and like all, like all these Cardinal fans, like I really feel bad for you, man. So <laughs> like, don't feel that bad for me. I do have a life, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not, so. you know, in the world of sports, it's disappointing. But uh, in the big picture, I think we'll all we'll all be just fine. Thank you very much. Now, speaking uh-huh. of our beloved Chicago Cup, speaking of them, you know, we all got all excited. David Olson rudely interrupted uh, our broadcast last week to inform us that Theo Epstein was going to be the general manager of the Chicago Cubs. And Big Dog, maybe it's technicalities, maybe a little bit more. But here we are on a lovely Tuesday, October 19. And, um, or October 18, whatever the hell it is, Theo Epstein still has not come to an agreement with the Chicago Cub. Are you concerned? You know what has nothing to do with Theo Epstein, because you know this, right? You know what's really going on. No. Well, so, I know, the trait. The Red Sox need compensation. Right, yes. Well, that has so, to do with Theo Epstein. Well, it's not that Theo Epstein has, but Theo Epstein and the Cubs have the deal. It's the, white, the, the Red Sox and the Cubs that don't have the deal. Mm-hmm. They want Matt Garza. Are you kidding me? Go shop elsewhere on our menu, okay? You're not getting Matt Garza. Do you really think that the Cubs are going to give up Matt Garza for Theo Epstein? I would hope not, only because I really liked Matt Garza. Not only as a pitcher, I liked what he brought to the team as far as yeah. the leadership and gumption. The guy's got some yeah. spirited competitiveness, something we badly need. There is yeah. two schools of thought, though, dog. There are people that say, all right, you want an Andrew Castor, you know, some give him a player. Who cares? You get the, again, this I, I is just one school of thought. You bring Theo Epstein in. Someone on the radio, I think, said, you know, give him Darwin Barney. Theo Epstein will crap Darwin Barney's once he's the GM of the Chicago Cup. I don't necessarily agree with that, but there is that school of thought. Well, yeah, we'll see. I don't want to give him Darwin Barney either. Okay, there's, they don't, they don't need Darwin Barney. They, they, they got to go elsewhere. Cause why do you have to give up so much for uh, a GM? I, I, totally, I, I tend I, I totally, to agree with it. I'm not even sold that Theo Epstein is going to be the savior, but there is people that say, hey. This guy is such a good GM. He's you know going to draft players, develop players that, you know, who cares? Give up a Cashner, a Garza, a Darwin Barney, get them in here, and there'll be plenty of guys just like him. And to all those people, to all those people that say that think TOS is going to do this absolutely spectacular job, you're just so certain of it. Don't forget all the people that surrounded him and the job he was doing in Boston is still in Boston. This is a whole new experience for TOS. I'm not sold that this is going to work, Coach. I'm not hating on Theo Epstein. I am really hoping Theo Epstein is the savior and everything is all right and cut them forever. But it's not like he's bringing his whole staff over with. And all of a sudden we have all these great scouts and all these great evaluators. We're just one, only one of this. It's an organizational thing. And that's the first thing Theo Epstein is going to say is we're going to build an organization here. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, he's going to have to build it because he basically slid in Last time, well, O'Neary Fleet and all these guys are decent. Let's admit the Cubs are doing a better job the last couple of years of scouting. So I, who knows, maybe the Cubs scouts are even better than the Red Sox scouts. Mm-hmm. We just haven't had the right leadership. So who, maybe it's ten times better than we think it's going to be, Coach. I but still, I, I'm, not, I'm not sold. I'm really waiting to see it. The next couple of years are going to be fun as a Cubs fan. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm not, you know, some optimism, some excitement, but also some skepticism. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah. You've heard me say it before, dog. I, you know, we've waited, what, 100 and how many years now? Doesn't matter. Let's, okay. let's, get, off the, let's get off the 100. We, let's just say we, <laughs> we've waited a long time. If we're going to wait that long, I want the championship. I want the World Series when we finally win it to be truly special. To me, it would be a lot more special if we had Chicago guys, not some imported guy from Boston to come here and turn around a miracle. I want a, I want a Chicago guy, a guy like yourself. 
to step in as manager. I want a Mike Quade, who grew up a Cub fan in Peoria, a long-time guy. I want a Ryan Sandberg, who played his entire, practically his entire Major League Baseball career with the Chicago Cubs managing the team. I want us to win with a Chicago connection. As long as we waited that long, I want to feel that much better for him. Okay, that's, I, I can understand that, Coach. Uh, but, I mean, don't forget, I mean, Epstein wanted to come here. I like that. I like that about him. He wants to, to build like a whole organization. And the people that were running it that he's replacing weren't exactly from Chicago anyway. So you got to think of it in a perspective like he that. He actually gave um, <laughs> gave Tom Ricketts a note, said, yes, I want to come to the Cubs. Price does not matter. and was signed Epstein's mom. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll be here all week. That's good. Welcome back, Cotter Allergies. Go ahead. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, no, I was done with that, with okay. that discussion. All right. Okay, but, 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 but my first question, I don't know if we answered it or not. Now, is there cause for concern, or is this just more the negotiation stuff? Yeah, no, there is cause for concern. I don't want them to have to give a case. MLB said they'll step in. Well, cause so for concern. In other words, is the, that's garbage by MLB. Absolute garbage. Before the negotiation takes place, they step in and be like, oh, we're going to make sure there's satisfaction in this deal. Shut that F up. Why are they coming in saying stuff like that? Now the Red Sox, you know, instead of just being like, okay, let's go ahead, let's just give us some players for this. Now they're like, no, we want Garza. We want the best gem on your whole entire roster, the guy with the best contract, most upside, that we know what we're going to get out of. We want him. That's ridiculous, Coach. MLB should not have ever alerted Boston of this. Basically, they're like, oh, take whoever you want, is basically mm-hmm. what they said to them. Baseball and fans? I'm mentioning this. I, the Cubs are really getting the short end of the stick on this. It's ridiculous. Well, I'm going to ask you in a second. You know, Once it's all said and done, is there a threat that Theo is coming? Let me throw out the phone number real quick. 888-463-6748. Baseball fans, you want to check in? We lead off the show with a little... Uh, Baseball talk, get to football in just a second. And again, we'll jump off the sports page with a couple other topics as well. 888 Whether you're happy with the cash deal, the player deal or not, Big Dog, is there a threat that Theo Epstein will not end up being the general manager of the Chicago Cup? You know what? I think I think in order, if the, if the MLB is going to play ball like that and then Boston decides to say, hey, we want Matt Garza, which honestly, think about it on the on the Cubs roster besides Starlin Castro. Who else would you really? Okay, so uh, if you, if you think of it that way, Coach, and uh, what the Cubs should do is say, you know what, uh, we're sorry, Theo, we really, but we don't want to have to give up pieces like this. And if this is the way you're going to play, we'll sign you next year. And then all of a sudden, Boston's going to be like, what? They won't even know what to do now. They're going to have a GM that they didn't want. But get out of here, and then they'll end up having to, like, I guess, let them go, and then the Cubs can sign them. If it's going to be like this, Coach, if, if, if they're going to start playing ball like this, it might as well do it this way. All right? Basically, Boston told Theo, you can go out and negotiate. He goes out and negotiates, and he comes back, and now they're like, well, you're still under contract, so we're going to need something from that team. And then MLB steps in there, and it better be satisfactory. Okay, we'll take Garza. That's how I've seen it play out. Maybe a Boston fan sees it totally different, but that's how I see it as a Chicago Cubs fan. And the Cubs are, are trying to uh, give up cash and not a player, correct? Yes, they, yeah. they will pay for them. Here's, mm-hmm. here's $5 million bucks. Here's $10 million bucks. Whatever you want. Wow. So, Dishing out a lot of money for the guy already, right? $20 million for four years, and we're going to give Boston an extra 3 $4, 5000000 Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Hope Ameritrade is doing well with the Ricketts family. 888-463-6748. Let me take a little bit of a jump into football here and stick with a subject I actually despise, and that's the finances of the game. But it's starting to bother me a little bit, and I wanted to bring this to the attention here, not to put a negative on the Bears. Victory is the Bears uh, did win 39-10. to Our hometown Chicago team uh, played outstanding. We're back to 3-3. Three and three. A lot of positives in the game, dog. You probably saw the sign, and they brought it out a couple times. I'm... Uh, the Sunday night national TV game. Come on, Jerry, pay the man. Mm-hmm. Referring to Matt Forte, who had another terrific game. He's been just, just slightly sort of sensational so far this year. I mean, just everything you want out of a running back. So there's no question Forte's been outstanding. But yo, come on, Jerry, just pay the man. I read in the paper today. This is where we get misconceptions. Misconceptions. Misconceptions too. There, the Bears are offering Matt Forte six million dollars a year uh-huh yeah exactly six million a year for three or four and remember in nfl you know the whole guaranteed contract thing is key 13 or 14 million guaranteed rips up his knee the day after signing the contract guaranteed 13 or 14 million forte is holding out for eight million so come on jerry pay the man out oh, the bears are too cheap they're offering and they're willing to pay six million for three years guaranteed thirteen or fourteen. Big dog, I'm all on Chicago Bear management side in this case. Uh, yeah, I uh I think you know what's funny is that guy that wrote that sign. I just want well, to you know that I I doubt Matt Forte could care less whether or not you had a job or not. Yeah, but, not ripping Matt Forte personally. Okay. But that that don't just pick on that one guy. He's expressing the opinion that the media and a lot of the fans have. What everybody else is saying. Now, this is coming from a guy who I, I want Matt Forte to have a great career. I hope he spends his money wisely and he can yep. retire a rich man. Absolutely. Okay? okay, I really do. I like Matt Forte. Yep. Well, all I care about as a Bears fan is Matt Forte's health and his, his prosperity. I'm not that evil, okay? But I want them to win, okay? And if you sign a running back to a long-term deal, because it's more than what you think, Coach. He wants like six years and $8 million, okay? That's, that's the thing that's, that's, that's not really everybody's losing in translation. But if I give out a couple names of running backs that signed massive contracts mm-hmm. in this offseason, you tell me how they produced so far this year. D'Angelo Williams signed the largest contract in the history of running backs. So how's he done so far this year? Okay. Oh, guess what? Who broke his record? Chris Johnson breaks D'Angelo Williams' record for highest contract ever signed by a running back. What's he done so far this year, Coach? Not so good. Okay, that's my point. There's something that I want a kid running hungry, and as far as I'm concerned, they can franchise tag him. He comes back next year, makes his eight and a half million as a franchise player for one year, and he'll give us another huge year. And then you know what will happen after that? We can franchise him one more time. Boom. And I know everybody out there as a Bears fan is probably like, oh, that's crazy, blah, blah, blah. The truth is I'm a diehard Bears fan, and I want this team to win. And basically we're saying the guy's going to get about 17 or $18 million over the next two years if they don't give him a contract. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all these people worried about Matt Forte, trust me, all five of his cars will be fed. Okay, people, don't yeah. worry about Matt Forte whether he's eating or not. That that yeah. stuff bothers me. Okay. And the media has been has been, uh, you know, feeding the feeding the, uh, the the feeding the monster, so to speak, and and even Matt Forte. I mean, Forte kind of you know subtly complaining in the papers, not quite as vociferously as. I don't mind as... what he's doing, it, Coach. I don't mind the way he's doing it. He's saying this: I want a contract. Oh, by the way, I'm going to go out and get you about 130 uh, all-purpose yards uh, this particular Sunday. Mm-hmm. Hey, I need another contract. 
gets 180 yards. That's fine. It's much better than sitting out demanding a contract. Well, and he but, comes back and he's no good. But okay. I don't like the implication that the Bears are being negative. Bears aren't being interested. Bears are being cheap. I don't like that implication because I don't think it's a correct one. Matt Forte and his agent, I think, have not loudly but very subtly put that out there. I don't think okay, that's I, a fair depiction. I have to admit, Coach, I don't read any sports news whatsoever. That might, that might disappoint you. But if I'm going to read news, it's usually not about, like, NFL contracts and all that other stuff. I, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, get on, I get on the train and I read Drudge Report and, then, and all this other stuff that I get on. And I usually don't. So I don't know how it's being portrayed. I okay. do watch every single game, though. And that kid can find out play. Oh, my goodness. Can Matt Forte play? Uh, we've come up to the conclusion this morning, me and my boys came to the conclusion that he's the best player, offensive without question, the best offensive player the Bears have had since Walter Payton. Oof. And that, that oof is not disagreeing with you. That's just a strong statement. But you know what? Yeah. And based on the way he's playing this year, uh-huh. I would say yes. Now, we need to see it for a more extended period of time. But, yeah, based on the first six games this year, I would agree. I don't think we've had a player all around as good as Matt Forte. Now, the Matt Forte of last year was good. He wasn't great. Matt Forte the first year was good. He wasn't great. We all know his so, second he, year. He, his rookie year, he was great, Coach. Um, well, 08. Not, okay. not, his rookie year was 08. And he, he was, he, Coach, he had like, what, 11? He broke Thomas's record for most yards in a in a season. He, he has the highest percentage of a team's offense yep. over the last since he's been in the NFL, yep. and it's by like ten percent. Yeah, part of that is positive Matt Forte, and part of that is a, a uh, negative hit on the Chicago Bear rest of their offense. So that that kind of works both ways. Well, well, how good would he be right now if just over the last four years he was playing for the Colts? How good would he have been playing for the Colts? He could have been Edgar James. So really, he could have been averaging 1,500 yards a season and five yards a carry instead mm-hmm. of four and a half yards a carry. Yep. So, yep. But, but he's been on the Bears, and he's been our only weapon. It's, yeah. it's pretty frightening. Fun to watch him run because he breaks tackles, bounces to the outside. He's got, I love the um, the expression Chris Collinsworth used, and I've seen it before. I don't know that I've heard it described like that. His ability to jump cut. I like that. The jump mm-hmm. cut and then the early acceleration after the cut. The real, the reason why is Matt Forte, number 22 for the Bears, yep. is built like a frog. If you notice, Coach, like for some reason, I have a, like, I, I have like, a, I'm a person with an extra, like my legs are real short. Like my belly button is lower than normal. But my arms <laughs> are real long and my okay. shoulders are long. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm not kidding. I like have a perfect blocker's body. If you look at Matt Forte, his waist is a lot higher than the average person. If you look at him, look at how long his legs yeah, are that's, compared that's, to his torso. That's not good for – that's bad. I don't know. The way his legs are – Coach, he, his feet are so quick, even though his legs are so long, that he just seems to eat up ground a lot faster than other people do well, when he starts getting stride. That part I'll agree with you, but I always thought the guys that were tough to tackle were the, uh, the guys built like a Ray Rice, you know, shorter, stockier – you, you know, first you got to find them, then you got to tackle them. They got thighs like the size of tree trunks. Those are the guys I always thought were tougher to bring. Not a taller guy like a Matt Forte with long legs, easier to catch, more to grab onto. Yeah, yeah. There, there's more Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Thurman Thomases uh, of the world than there are Eric Dickersons, obviously. Yep. You know, but and Matt Forte has like Eric Dickerson's legs. 
but Ray Rice's upper body. I mean, that's the only way I can describe him. He is odd-looking coach. <laughs> if you, I mean, I don't, it's hard to notice for everybody, but you know, I was talking to Cloudy about it, and he was like, yeah, his torso is really, really high. I, I don't know whether he just maybe he's got these long legs that eat up yards, and they're thick legs, too. Mm-hmm. And his upper body is so small, it's hard to get a nice target on him, a nice hit on him. And nobody wants to dive at running back's legs because you get kneed in the face. That's not fun, people. Yep. Okay? When you see somebody go low at somebody's legs, notice how their head is always, like, turned away and they don't wrap up because they're afraid. Mm-hmm. All right, Bears coming off big 39-10 to 10 win. They play in London next Sunday. That'll be one of the stories we'll be talking about as we come on by the way julius peppers who was supposed to when we left friday's show we were told julius peppers would not play not only did he play he was outstanding big dog and all i can say is they need to bang his knee up a little bit more often because he played awfully good with an injured knee yeah he was uh creating leverage basically forcing adrian peterson back inside was not letting him get to the edge that's so important for a defensive end everybody how many sacks did he get well, uh, you first measure a defensive end, whether they can stop the run or not, and then how many sacks they have. Mm-hmm. But he played awesome uh, this Sunday, Coach. Uh, it was The whole defensive line really played a really good game. They yep. stepped up. They know they did not play well against Detroit. The defense did not play well at all. And just like a typical NFL team, whenever you see them play badly, it's usually good to bet on them the next week because mm-hmm. for six days you got to listen to a coach yap at you. And uh, all of a sudden you have to listen to him instead of actually blow him away. So <laughs> it's true. When you get your butt kicked, the, the, the Bears played like they got their butt kicked the week before, and they came out and they took it out on Minnesota. So hopefully they can get some consistency and do it two weeks in a row, which would, which would be nice. Yeah, well, that, you know, look at the bright side. We haven't lost in London in a long time. No, no. I think the last time we went to London, was it the preseason game after the 85 season? Because I know they played there. They were the Super Bowl champs. They played the Cowboys at Wembley Stadium, mm-hmm. old Wembley. Which almost fell down during the actual game. <laughs> um, do have they? I don't think they played there since, have they? Oof, I want to say the, I thought maybe one other time, like five years ago, but I could be completely off. They went to Germany. Remember maybe, that? Maybe about that's 10 years what I'm ago? thinking of. They went to Germany in the preseason ten years ago, and that—that's yep. asking a lot for a football team. Mm-hmm. I, could you imagine going? Imagine being the, the training staff because it's always the first preseason game. You got about a hundred guys on your roster. And you don't even know any of them, and you have to fly to Germany with all the equipment. Yep. I mean, and knowing right there, that if you get any kind of serious injury in Germany, the medical care, when in doubt, take it off. So you know you've got that. <laughs> you've got that concern. The hospitals. No, you can't leave country until we take ankles. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just lop it off. Who was it we used to have on our uh, morning break radio show, Doctor? Um, uh, no, uh, Briagio, wasn't it? Or no, 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 no. Yeah, it was. Schwar- you're right. It was Dr. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Who would just, uh, he was talking about Sammy Sosa's uh, sore, you know, thumb or whatever it was. Just, just lop it off, chop it off, no problem at all. You know, you sometimes know. that's the that's the best course. You know, it's funny you say that. Uh, my buddy Joe Hogan uh, was a lieutenant in the U.S. Army. We yep. a West Point guy. God bless. Uh, he, he worked out at Fort Sill uh, Artillery, okay? Well, he, basically, he gets the honorable discharge because of a, a bad knee, and his knee is so bad now that he went in there, and they said, the only option we have for you is removal. I'm not kidding. I swear to you, Coach, they said to him, that's the only option we have that's, for you. That's... So like, he's, like, he's like, I'll keep it. They're like, okay. Yeah. Could like, they, could no they just surgery. remove? Is it possible they could remove the knee and then 
attach the lower leg to the upper leg? <laughs> I mean, I hate to see you lose the whole leg just because of a bad knee. Yeah, he, uh, um, no, no, but my not. point is, like, it, it's not like it's infected and gangrene or anything like that. It's right. not like it, they need, they basically look like that. If you want the pain to go away, you can, we'll take it off for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, it's just, I've never heard anything so foolish. <laughs> and, and, uh, this is the guy who's always had health insurance his whole entire life, took care of his family, always had it, sold the business, and now there's like issues going around. So, he wanted to see what would happen militarily wise, and they were like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, we'll, we'll take it off for you." He's like, "No, I think I'll stick with it. I'll, <laughs> I'll go for door number uh, door number two. Thank <laughs> yeah. you very much." Yeah, I think it, a painful knee is worse than no knee. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Dial it up, folks. Talk to the coach of the Big Dog Sports some more. Here on the two guys in a Mike show. Speaking of bad knees, Resident Tuesday. We didn't get to bring it up yesterday. Probably. Now he's either 1-2 along with Trent Richardson, one of the top two running backs in the country, sophomore Marcus Lattimore, South Carolina, out for the season with a Joe Hogan knee. Oh, that's too bad. You know, uh, Coach, I hate seeing college kids that are without – I hate seeing any college football player, whatever level they're at, or high school player (laughs) getting hurt playing playing that great game. But I I have to admit, there's a little something extra. When you're talking about, without question, a top – 10 pick in the NFL draft, mm-hmm. a guy that would be able to feed his family for the next, like, 20 years without question just for getting drafted in the NFL. That's how good the kid was. And now there's a question of how good he'll be when he comes back. Because you know how medicine is nowadays. It, yep. There's a 99% chance he'll be playing football again. Uh, hopefully it's not that 1% chance. So he is special, special. Will, will he go to the NFL, or you think now because of the injury, one more oh. year under the, under the uh, tutelage, and I use that word in the loosest sense of the term, of Steve Spurrier. He's only a sophomore coach, so he I couldn't understand. have gone anyway. Okay, so he couldn't have gone anyway. You know the rule, right, coach? I forgot you about it, but now I do. Okay, so you have <laughs> you, you have three years after okay. your, you go from high school. So he was coming back no matter what next year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, it usually takes like a year. Hopefully, like late next season, he comes out, finishes strong, has a huge bowl game, and he can go to the pros. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that gets special. I mean, he's like one of those guys that I legitimately – Compared him to like the great running backs I've ever seen in the history of college football, coach, he he's he was that good his first year and a half in in college football. Mm-hmm. Okay, out for the season though, Marcus Lattimore, South Carolina. Um, let's jump off the sports page real quick. Big dog and a coach at your service here. Throw out a couple topics at you, and uh, you can pick which one you want to go. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. I know you might have some thoughts on this. The I don't know. We brought it up too much on our show, big dog, but uh, the Occupy Wall Street. Occupy Chicago, it's not going away. It seems to be increasing a def- definitive movement in the country, albeit the Tea Party movement, or uh, albeit it's the wrong word, but comparable to the Tea Party movement of uh, whenever it started about a year ago. And then I'd also like to bring up, uh, I know you will partake upon a casino or two, the casinos in Chicago has been vetoed, for the most part, by Patrick Quinn, our governor. I want to bring that up real quick. But what do you think about the whole Occupy thing, Big Doug? Occupied. Well, there's there's a lot going on there. It's a little confusing. I got I have to admit I see these protesters on the on the on the train and it's uh see here's what I'm worried about, Coach. Because I, I definitely I I have nothing against rich people. I have nothing against people who create things and make everybody money and make our world better and build things. Okay, but I, I have a lot against corruption. 
and people who try to get over on people in order mm-hmm. to, to make money. So it's very difficult for me to, I, trust me, I want all corruption out. Like, I have no problem with people like Warren Buffett and the Bill Gates of the world who went out, made money, created unbelievable amounts of jobs for people. And it's funny that these guys who worked their butts off to create, like, these, like, uh, unbelievable empires and, and money, they've given back and they've done phenomenal things. And it's funny that these people that tend to, like, pay for politicians to get elected and then when they get in, they pass these laws and mm-hmm. they buy certain companies, sell certain companies, uh, they own 80% of Halliburton, and all of a sudden there's a war started, and they make trillions of dollars off of Halliburton. You know, stuff like that needs to end, Coach. But it's such a fine line because I, I have no problem. It isn't capitalism, okay? It's, the, it's corruption. You have corruption in every type of political system, okay? So when I hear people say capitalism is evil and all this other crazy stuff, it really hurts me because it's not capitalism's fault. It's people that have... Uh, desperate need for power over other people and ways to manipulate a system and manipulate people. And that has to end. Not only folks on the tip of a moment's notice can tell you everything about the Cincinnati Red Baltimore Oriole 1970 World Series, but a man with some deep, if not thoughtful, political uh, expertise. Interesting. Well, David, Big Dog actually brings up something. It's, it's so simple that it makes sense that I haven't heard other pundits say it. Basically, Got no problem with the wealthy or the top corporations, the one who do it the right way. And honestly, but I do have problems, speaking for Joel here, which I rarely do. Uh, I do have problems with people that are making money in top corporations that are being corrupt and doing it the wrong way. Simple concept, but he might be right on. He is No, he is right on. He, he is absolutely right on. And the criticism that, you know, these protesters are anti-capitalism, that just, that isn't the case. That isn't the case. It is because there is corruption at the highest levels of these companies and that these companies with their dollars, they're basically controlling the government as well. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever, whoever, now that they, these corporations can funnel unlimited funds towards any particular candidate, they're control, yeah. they're basically controlling the outcome of elections at this point. Yes, absolutely. And I, I just wish more Americans realized uh, how much manipulation that a you people in this country have over our elections. It's a small amount of people control. Well, well it, and, 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 it, and it goes beyond the elections. It goes to legislation, too. Absolutely. With the, with the, with the yeah. millions upon millions being spent on lobbyists. Blow up the entire lobbyist system would be a great step in the right direction. Now, let me ask you, the, Here's where it gets a little bit more of a gray area, Big Dog and, and, and David Olson. Again, we talk a little uh, politics here, jumping off the sports page. You want to chime in? Love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. Big Dog and a coach, two guys and a mic, user-friendly sports talk radio. What about companies that are making uh, large profits, Dog? And uh, not only the top guy, but, you know, the top five guys and then his assistants, say the top 20, 30 40 people in a large corporation making extremely good money and their pension packages are great, their vacation packages are great, and now you get a little bit of a budget crunch and they decide to do layoffs. So they're laying off, or when the con- maybe they don't lay off people when the contract comes up for some of the people, uh, you know, the thousands that are on the lower rung and thousands on the next rung above the lower rung. Still, good, hardworking people at the company 
you know, well, we're going to raise your pay, but only just a little bit. Or there has to be layoffs. And they keep their benefits and their contracts high. So now, does that fall under the good, the bad, or the ugly? Because I think that's the reality of a lot. Okay, you know, think about this. And those same people that are doing that, like the like the management types of these particular corporations. It's not really corrupt. Uh, well, hold on, but they're also the ones that are funneling money to particular well, people. Well, I mean, think about this. No, no, no I don't think that's correct. Okay, well, maybe they're in the middle part of this. Okay, but you know, it's, that's that's flat out wrong too. If you consider now, if you have a, if your company is not doing well, then you should also take a hit. There's see, the I, one, that that's I think a major crux of what the occupy people are complaining about it's not we, we all know about the corrupt corrupt and we we're all pretty in agreement about the good i think it's that large gray area the reality of it is and i think that's what they complain about is that yeah the, the top well, people should lower their salaries instead of cutting down the people well, in the I, lower rung. i hear people being like you know with this whole tea party thing when they rip on it they say stuff like oh well did you hear about the one family who lost their house because of love okay well yeah and then I see, like, a, a girl that's holding a sign, obviously made by her mom, on the train going down to one of the protests last week. And this little girl is holding a sign that said, capitalism made me poor. Okay, seriously, Coach. And her mom is, like, wearing, like, a, a $500 jacket. I was like, <laughs> oh, I wanted to throw up. Okay. Seriously, I honestly wanted to go down there and confront the woman. I am not kidding you. I was, like, this close to being, like, I didn't even know what to say. I, was, I just wanted to be like, you know what, that is really disgusting what you gave your daughter. I wanted to say without her and her kids say, hear me say it or anything. You know, I didn't even know what to do. I was so disgusted. Yeah, so that's a fine line when you start bringing kids into it. There's a little bit of good because you want kids. kids and they, I, they had they jacked up sides. The other one said something similar, but the one that said capitalism made me poor, that's why I brought up capitalism when I brought up the original mm-hmm. thing. Because right then I was like, is that what it's about? What these people, what, do they want to go to communism? Do they want the corrupt yeah. people to have even more control over us? Is that what they're hoping for? So I, I was just disgusted. I, I don't like the argument, you know, right, right away. People, oh, what do you want, communism? What do you want, socialism? No. No, I think that's that's way too often used as a dramatic, uh, you know, negative tone against sometimes some legitimate arguments. We're not talking socialism. We're just talking about being a little bit more fair. But um, I, I, you know, I think that's that's in the crux of it that people don't talk about enough is when you talk profit margins. Some of these corporations, I think, you know, the top people need to bring it down a notch, and I don't think that's happening. And I think they need to low, uh, hire the salaries of the hardworking, you know, from the custodian to the intern to the part-time staff people. You know, bring those salaries up a little bit, cut down some of your ridiculous packages. I'm not talking about making it even. The guys who created the company, the guys at the top, a little bit smarter, a little bit. They, I don't think anybody has a problem with them making more money. It's just the differentiation. You know, I think that's where the problem is. You know, it's funny. The great entrepreneurs uh, of, of American history, the ones that actually controlled their company, always had a great uh, policy in history of paying their employees very well. It's when they eventually passed away and then they're, they're, they, they could become a corporation and you got a bunch of middle management people who didn't create the company are now running it, and all of a sudden they're trying to reap rewards that they never created in the first place, mm-hmm. place how this epidemic comes. If you look at some of the great entrepreneurs in the history of, uh, of American society, and a lot of these people had bad raps, even though if you really look at their overall, like, uh, what, what they gave contribution to 
society and humanity was amazing. Look at Henry Ford paid like the highest salaries of anybody in any factory, but he also expected a certain type of employee. And if you couldn't hang out that way, you didn't get to pay. You make basically double what everybody else made in factories in the United States. He like Carnegie. Like everybody hated Carnegie. Then you look back after his, his uh, when he was done, and you find out that he had like the highest paid people in all of the steel mills. And you look back at how much money that he gave back when he was alive. Everybody said he's a robber baron and all he's out for himself, and there's nothing but greed. And yet you look back at his life, and you're like, wow, he really contributed a lot to the United States of America. Same with like J.P. Morgan. People like Buffett and, and Bill Gates, they are like the same exact way. And I just, when they get vilified and that stuff gets vilified, Coach, it bothers me a little bit. 52 minutes of uh, scintillating talk radio here. We've gone, uh, Big Dog, you have wax poetic and, and very well, by the way. Intelligently with insight, everything from, uh, I think we started on Asian carp. Yeah. We went to the baseball playoffs. Matt Forte's contract, Julius Pepper and Marcus Lattimore's knee, and now the Occupy... Um, Wall Street Occupy movement that's going across the country. An impressive display, Big Dog, in 52 minutes, if I must say so. Okay, but Coach, all I really care about is our individual rights. And uh, you know what? I think we should have more as a society. We should have more, like, there should be more prestige for people, like, who build things instead of, like, lawmakers. I want my son to be a lawyer. You should should want your son to be an architect. I'd Mm -hmm. rather have people building stuff instead of creating laws. Mm -hmm. Oh. We could get into a whole other argument on the litigious society upon which we have created, but uh, let's hold that one off for another day. A couple of minutes left in the show, Big Dog and the Coach, two guys, and a mic here real quick, uh, gambling. Casinos in the city of Chicago, the state legislator ready to make it go. The bill is there. Patrick Quinn, our fine governor of the state, Big Dog, has uh, nixed it too much, particularly does not like uh the slot machines and the racetracks, which I don't quite understand. I think the racetracks need that to survive. But in general, are you worried? Chicago's a wonderful city, phenomenal city. We are in bad need of uh, funds to help some of our great programs. The casinos would help that, but you would hate, I think you would hate, to see Chicago turn into the somewhat cheap inversion of Las Vegas and make it the you know, Las Vegas of the Midwest. Where do you fall? Are you behind Pat Quinn or in front of him? Or somewhere Look, to the side. Casinos all around Chicago. Keep them out of the city of Chicago. I'm being totally serious about this. And, you know, I could care less if you gamble or whatever. We don't need casinos. If you want to figure out Chicago's money crisis, there's many ways to, uh, to figure out where to, how to trim the fat. And how about this? Why don't you go to every single former city employee that got a promotion in the last month of that they were working, and why don't you give them the money that they would have been earning if they didn't get that promotion before that in their retirement? How about that? Why don't you do that? That probably saved the city of Chicago about $10 billion a year. The way these city employees have ripped off that city and held it hostage has been disgusting. Who do you so hold? That, is that, is that, that one, Coach? Uh, I'm right with you on that. David Olson, who do you hold? Is that a Mayor Daly I, thing? Did, partially, partially, but that's what he's exactly right. Rom needs to do that. You need, mm-hmm. to, you need to crack open the books on the whole pension system and see who's getting mm-hmm. what, cut down on the double dipping, cut down on the people that, you know, like you said, got promoted the last month, so they got that bump in their pension. So they're making more more from their pension than they did when they were actually working, yes. which which yes. is ridiculous at, at, at any level. You know, Whether it be a school board member or uh, an administrator, there, there's no reason why you should be making more money sitting on your butt than when you were actually doing the job. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. 
Now, as far as the casinos go, I also agree with Joel, you need to keep it out of the city of Chicago because you put a casino in the city of Chicago, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill what's going on in the suburbs. Take what uh, the Desplaines Casino is doing, Elgin and Joliet. You know, there are only so many people that are going to these things. I, I think if you open more, you're just going to dilute the business. That's all. That's all you're going to do. I, I. But I think Quinn is wrong with the slot machines. I think that's. I do too. I, I. I think that's a perfect solution. You put slot machines in the airports. You put them at the racetracks. You put them in the OTBs. Yeah. And then you get that yeah. revenue. Yeah, that sounds. That sounds phenomenal. I. I like that. Uh, now, Dave, you're, you're exactly right. All this stuff. I've talked to a lot of tourists, obviously, this year, as I do it, as I'm a tour guide on the river. Guys, I can't tell you how many times people were like, "I was blown away by the city." How beautiful it is! Yep. I, I can't believe. I got to tell all my friends to come here. I, there's a. I wasn't even thinking about that great point because it's the governor that's doing this, not the mayor of the city that's talking about this. Well, the mayor, about, mayor's supportive of. It. He wants it in because he thinks it well, could help fund a lot of our um, programs. Uh, By the way, did you hear Chris Collinsworth on uh, uh, the Sunday night game? Did As you they, hear how much? He said it's the most beautiful city in the yes, country. Yes, I like the. Uh, they're picturing, you know, as he's speaking, they're picturing the beautiful nighttime downtown Chicago. And I love the quote he said. He said, now that, folks, is what a downtown should look like. <laughs> and that's that's exactly right. It's a great city. All right, you know, dog, we got we got to wrap it up. Every day I do my tour, I appreciate that I get to paddle on the river every single day. Yeah. But I'm off. And okay. some people say you're getting so good you don't even need to do, to do the kayak to do your tour. I just swim now. Well, I was implying you become a little more epithelial. You're, in fact, walking on water, my friend. Okay, we won't go that far. Hey, we'll talk to you tomorrow and start to uh, preview the week ahead and uh, World Series opener, okay? Sounds good, my friend. All right, Big Dog is off. We will see you tomorrow at uh, 10 o'clock. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Great job on the other side of the glass. I want to thank our 19 interns for assisting, too. I don't know what they did, but I want to thank them, I think. Uh, we'll be back again 10 o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com, signing off. Have a great day, everybody.